All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne. And as you know, it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we've got Steven Jammin on the show. He's the founder and CEO of Loki, the iconic bracelet brand that motivates wearers to stay humble at their highs and hopeful at their lows in life. Steven currently serves as the youngest member on the national board of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, was named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list for retail and e-commerce in 2017, and was the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards finalist in 2016. And I have to say, I've been wearing one of these bracelets the last few weeks now. I can't imagine ever taking the damn thing off because it's been, as a mental fitness practitioner, it's been such a beautiful reminder throughout the entire day, multiple times a day, where I feel like I've even journaled more or had more reflections, more perspective shifts just by wearing this bracelet. So all to say, I'm super pumped to jam with Steven on that topic, as well as many others. It's involved in a lot of interesting and uh, exciting adventures and so forth. So Steven, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you so much for having me. We're going to have fun, man. Before we get into the topics, though, um, the show starts off the same way uh, for every guest. It's been nearly 300 people that have uh, been on the on the pod and have answered this question. So it's and it's just to avoid job titles and, you know, all these identifiers that we have when it comes to work, because we just cover that off and we'll jump into that in a minute. And the question is just like, who are you? You know, who are you as a human in front of me right now? I know that evolves over time. So, you know, kind of just snapshot right now. Where are you at, brother? Yeah, first thing that pops in my head right now is a dad. Yeah. Uh, I I got two young boys, a three and a half year old and two year old. And um, I mean, no joke. Yeah. If you've (laughs) ever had kids or in this phase of life, it is uh, a busy time, but it's also the most rewarding, you know. Um, just seeing them continue to grow and learn is is really special. So being a dad and husband, definitely priority number one. Well, since since those boys came into your life, uh, two boys, right, you said? Two boys, yeah. Two boys, yeah. Um, like, how has that changed things for you in terms of just like your perspective on, on the business and, and just life in general? Yeah, I think they've taught me a lot about being present. Uh, yeah. As an entrepreneur, you're constantly living in the future. Um, what are you doing yeah. in a year, two years, three years? Um, but with little kids, like you got to slow down and just be there with them, playing, drawing, whatever it might be. Um, and I think that presence has really, and I've had to work at that. It's not something I was, was good at. Um, yeah. And I think it's made me a better leader um, and CEO because now I'm more present in meetings and more present on the task at hand. So, uh, so what's helped? I mean, this is a super tactical show uh, in, in the sense of these these kind of practices. So when you say you know you've you've had the work at living in the present, which I mean, whether you have kids or not, I mean, I have, I'm a dad of two young boys as well. So totally resonate with your <laughs> with, with your environment. Um, but even if you don't have kids, I mean, just just being present is. Unfortunately, not the default mode of operating in in these times. So I, I feel like we could all benefit from some tips, practices, and some mental hacks to you know build that that muscle. What's worked for you? Started to meditate a bit uh, okay. in the morning, uh, and then I, that that has helped and is definitely um, a new part of my routine. 
Sure. I, I would say, though, the thing that has made the largest difference is just not multitasking and putting my damn phone down. Uh, yeah. It's like when you're with your kids, leaving the phone in the other room, uh, because uh, we're so addicted to our phones, we check it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the phone just being around, I think, is something the kids pick up on and you are constantly thinking about and distracting you. And so when it's out of sight, out of mind, um, and you have no crutch to be like, oh, I'm bored. Let me check my phone. Yeah. Time it is even or see if I got a text. Um, That's really helped me the most. What about the... um, and. I'll park this shortly. Well, I, I want to jump into some of the the backstory and whatnot and get into how all of this stuff began. But just since we're on the topic, on the meditation front, what um, what's the practice look like? What uh, Are you using apps? Are you doing something else? How did it all start for you? Yeah, nothing fancy. Um, I, don't, I don't love the apps. Um, I actually just sit cross-legged, try to sit straight, close my eyes, focus on my breathing for 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, some days are amazing. And at the end of the 10 minutes, I wish I continued. And some days after three minutes, I'm dying and, uh, want to get out of it. But I think the routine of continuously doing it day after day, um, is, is part of what has helped me. Well, I like that you mentioned that you're, you know, you're not using the apps and not that I've anything against any of the apps. I've interviewed people from the apps in, in the past. I've been in, you know, uh, in the, let's call it health tech space as, as well as, you know, being part of a, a guided journaling app about four or five years ago. Um, so I think there's benefit. It helps people get started. Uh, but it also, like just to your point, I mean, we're addicted to our phones. So if, if you know, <laughs> if the phone is not set up in a way to, to have a healthy relationship with it, then it's just, just another... Uh, it's another opportunity, unfortunately, to like derail our mind just by picking it up to start a meditation flow, right? So, um, yeah. So anyone listening, I mean, you know, just give it a try. I mean, that's uh, essentially meditation. If you go back to the roots of it, I mean, there's definitely no apps out there, uh, you know, <laughs> promoting the practice. And and it's even just ten minutes of of being completely disconnected, mm-hmm. focusing on the breath, which you know, we don't think about at all typically in, in the day. And it's the thing that keeps us alive, yeah. right? It's so powerful. And I'm a big runner and cyclist. Uh, and I've recently gotten to gravel biking. And I used to listen to music, listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks when I ran or cycled. And the last year or two, I've really just unplugged uh, and not even brought my phone with me. Uh, yeah. Because same thing, right? Like, I'm trying to escape the time on my phone, yet I have like music and people blasting in my ears. Um, and you'd think, oh, I couldn't run for an hour without headphones. It would be so, so boring. But yeah. it actually becomes much more of a meditative experience. What have you noticed? Like just have you noticed any shifts in other areas of your your life and work since you've, you've started uh, running and then exercising without... I guess, any distraction in your ears? More clarity. I think your mind wanders whether you start thinking about work or family or things you have to do or you just kind of zone out and you're in that meditative space as you're working out. Um, It's something that I continue to try to do as a theme of my life is like really differentiate 
times and and blocking things out and being black and white. Um, and mm. so it's uh, I'm trying to make it more in the bucket of this isn't work. This isn't being on my phone. This is about like recharging and doing that to the best of my ability. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks for entertaining that that thread. I mean, we'll probably jump back into it in, in some capacity as the conversation flows. Um, but I, I mean, I couldn't resist you. You kind of lobbed that one out, out there at me. So um, let's back it up a little bit. I, I mean, why don't you just for the listeners provide a little perspective on your work and you know what Lokai is all about and, and Elements as well, which is also uh, a product I've tried. And Again, as, as someone that's you know quite passionate about the mind, uh, definitely felt some tremendous benefits uh, consuming those those drinks. So thank you for you and the team for putting that out there. But yeah, just why don't you provide a little backstory of how it all began? Yeah, sounds great. So um, if you're not familiar with Lokai, uh, they're bracelets that have a white ball on one side and a black ball on the other. Uh, the white ball has water from Mount Everest in it, and the black ball has mud from the Dead Sea to remind you to stay humble when you're on top of the world and hopeful when you've hit a low. Um, I came up with the idea for Lokai when I was 19. It was my freshman year at Cornell. Um, I was on vacation with my family and friends, thinking about how lucky I was to be there. But that week, unfortunately, my grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Uh, and he was a huge part of my life growing up. He drove me to school every day as a young kid. He taught me to play golf and pool. And so yeah. that experience brought me to the lowest low that I had been through in my life. And I was just thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through um, and how everyone goes through highs and lows. You know, it doesn't matter your age, your demographic, your income level. We all have highs and lows. And I said, okay, well, what are the highs and lowest points on earth? And how could I take those two elements and include them in a product that people could wear every day as a reminder to stay balanced? Um, and I told my dad the idea and he told me, and this is like the famous quote, that's a great idea, but everyone has great ideas. Now go execute it. And, yeah. and so I really just bootstrapped the business. I started Googling how to find a factory in China and went step by step. Uh, in the early days, I had a display of product that I just walked store to store in New York and Boston and started opening up doors. And I'd get turned down by nine out of 10 stores. But the one I got would would make my day and my week and I'd just take it step by step. Um, yeah, like what, what was helping you during the, those times? I remember doing, you know, hearing about that, just doing the, preparing the research for this conversation. And like, that's a similar story that like a lot of people just don't typically hear about, right? Like you see the, and you're being, I mean, I haven't asked these questions, but like you've sold a lot of bracelets. I mean, and people typically hear that, like the millions of bracelets that you've sold and obviously the charitable work and, and, and whatnot that you're doing because of that. But often the, the story, like before all of that, you know, is, is, is not known, right? Like, like you said, the nine out of 10 rejections and whatnot. So like for you, like what were you doing in, in back in those days to keep your mind in a clear and positive state to just keep going? Yeah. I, I think when you try something new, it's very scary. Um, and I think people are scared to do something new because they're scared of rejection. Um, and I don't think there's a, a better way of learning about that than going and selling your product 
and just cold walking into stores because you would get rejected on the spot. And it sucks, but you get rejected enough times that it kind of becomes numb. And Mm. then the wins are huge, like joyous moments in your journey. And it makes it worth all the no's that you received. And I think learning that lesson of just because one, two, 10, 20 people say no, doesn't mean the next person is going to say no. Um, And if you continue to just slowly build in that way, learn what works, what doesn't work, um, you just become better at what you're doing. And I, I think that lesson that I was of being scared to do something because of rejection, rejection actually isn't that bad. Um, yeah. And you just continue to, to grow. Totally. Did you, I mean, I imagine you were probably using the product while you were trying to sell the product essentially, right? Because I hear you saying, you know, all those highs and lows. I mean, it must have been an interesting flow given, you know, like you're, you're, you at least have a product that you're kind of like preaching what you're you're promoting, yeah, right? Absolutely. How did that sh- how did that show up for you? Like, do you journal on like on those reminders or those daily reminders or when you're in those big highs? You know how to just this is great. This is what I'm working for, but like not let it kind of totally consume you. Yeah, listen as a as a um, or entrepreneur at the very beginning. It's hard not to get emotional about the crazy highs and the crazy lows that you have, yeah, because they're extremes. But over the years, I think I've gotten better at living my own message. Um, and through experience of going through really low lows and coming out of those lows and then hitting a high and then realizing that the high isn't going to last forever and going back to a low, you learn that it's about the journey and how can you create a journey, build a journey that you love being on because it's not really about the destination. Uh, and that when you're going through those highs and lows, it's okay. And it's about how you handle yourself in those situations. So you're knocking door to door in New York, probably one of the most competitive cities in the world for really anything. Um, what, what were some of the tipping points for the brand? Yeah, as I started to talk to people, um, whether it's people that said yes and took the product or got no's, the one thing that really stuck out is how personal people's stories became as they attached their own story to the Lokai bracelet. So mm-hmm. their story of highs and lows really started to fuse with the bracelet. And we saw people saying, oh, because uh, we have a classic loci, which has the white and the black. They all have white and the black, but then instead of the clear beads, it might be pink for breast cancer, purple for Alzheimer's, a neon color for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And let's say it was the pink one for breast cancer. You would see someone's eyes light up and be like, oh my God, I had breast cancer. Like mm-hmm. This really resonates with me. Let me tell you my story of highs and lows. And I believe the most powerful marketing that a brand has is their customers and word of mouth of people just telling their family and friends and people around them about the product. And I quickly realized that our product was just a vehicle for people to tell their own stories of highs and lows. 
And we really leveraged that through email, social media, um, and it just kind of exploded once it hit a tipping point. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing, and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. And where are you guys at now? Like, what, where, does the, where does the product stand? What's, what, do, what do you guys offer? I mean, it's, it's expanded, obviously. There are different collections and whatnot and, and themes that are... Um, well, at least I'm, I'm speaking from my side. It, it, it's not just me, I guess. I, literally, this was funny. About a, right when I received the bracelet, uh, I think two days after I had a, an appointment at the dentist, and the hygienist was like, what's on your wrist? I see a lot of people wearing these. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's some pretty powerful stuff. The fact that, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a pretty small town outside of Toronto, uh, a couple of hours outside of the city now. I'm like, that's, that's reached a significant amount of people. Yes. Yeah. Right. So where, like, yeah, where, where are you guys at? Yeah. So from the very beginning, uh, giving back has been a huge part of the brand. Um, I believe that giving back gives you perspective on your own life, right? You see the, the, the problems and the struggles other people are going through and it really puts your life into perspective and maybe your lows aren't as low as you think. Um, and so we've donated 10% of net profits since the very beginning. And we've actually just passed about $9.4 million in charity wow. donations. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's the thing that I'm most proud of, of the company and the brand. And um, we sold about 13 million bracelets worldwide. Uh, direct to consumer, we ship all over the world. I think we've sold a bracelet in every country in the world except for North Korea. Um, okay. <laughs> we got to get one in there somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, you know, we really started to expand our SKU count by doing a lot of partnerships and licenses. Um, at, at one point we had about 3000 SKUs, uh, and we've paired it back a lot and we're really focusing more on the brand message of balance. Um, yeah, yeah, we want to, we want to reach all different types of people, um, ages, demographics, and um, really be a brand for everyone. And so uh, we're really focusing just on the message of balance, how we can help support that and give people more balance in their life. We launched a membership program um, and we're just continuing to evolve that. Um, And opening up retail distribution. We've always been mainly a direct consumer brand um, and have done an incredible job building the brand and the awareness for the product. And now we're starting to see a lot of success as we uh, open retail distribution on a larger scale. We've always been in 
uh, surf shops, yoga studios, boutiques. Okay. And now, now we're going after, we're into exporting goods. We're in Kohl's, we're in Spencer's, uh, we're talking to target right now. Uh, so exciting um, times ahead. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, when it comes to just c- coming back to that, uh, that desire or helping people with balance and then also like kind of marrying up or linking up the, what you're talking about earlier about people's stories and, and how, you know, that's how they really connect to the brand and, and how they share the brand as well. Like, are, are there any interesting use cases that have stood out over the years, either for yourself uh, or that you've heard with, with customers where they've really incorporated, you know, the bracelet in their, in their own, whether it's mental fitness or the rituals and routines, like I'm just trying to think of different ways. Cause like I said, I've noticed, a, um, it's been really a positive impact to my life just in the, in the short time I've had the bracelet on and, and I'm, I'm about to go get a couple others just as again, more, more reminders of things that matter to me. So I'm curious to see, I mean, you've probably heard a ton of different stories or been exposed to all these different use cases. If there, are there any that you can, that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, for me, the most powerful ones are the ones around hope. Um, we hear a lot of stories of families that all buy the pediatric loci uh, beca- or pediatric cancer loci because someone in their family is going through cancer or um, the family whose grandfather has Alzheimer's. And so they all for for a holiday bought the Alzheimer's loci to support. It's It's really a reminder of hope. For people, um, yeah. and beyond the money that we donate to charity, I think giving people that hope and um, them rallying together as a community or a family or a group of friends around something um, is really powerful to me. And people have just shared their stories about how it's really changed their their life and their perspective. Well, even energetically speaking, you know, sending that that vibe of of hope and you know positivity or healing or whatever it is like sending that out into the world i mean there is there is another ripple effect to just that alone right which is which is some powerful stuff um i I also think one of the reasons loci has been so successful is we don't over promise anything we don't say this bracelet is going to do x or y or yeah work this way to have an impact like everyone kind of uses it as a tool in their own way um, but we leave it very open-ended and and it's about the story and yeah that's been a huge part of our success well the story and, and i imagine like again it can only speak personally but for me it's really been it's just been the the beautiful opportunity to take a bit of a pause in the middle of the day or during moments where, I mean, and this, this literally happens daily, definitely weekly where, you know, I'll have, you know, a big win or something with the business and just like super motivated, really jacked up. And like, I'll look down and I'll look at that white bead and just know, I mean, it's a circle, like it's, it's going to come around and, and just like almost, it's almost like this like little twinge or this little small smile of acknowledgement that, yeah, this is good. I mean, ride this wave but no, it's, you know, it's, everything's going to come around and that's totally fine. That's, that's, you know, the journey of life. Whereas in, in the past, like without this, at least, 
you know, you just, you fall into like an autopilot or default mode. And, and then all of a sudden those highs and lows affect you, or at least for me, affect me even more. So it's just those micro pauses that are so powerful. Um, and, you know, and I imagine like a lot of people too, I mean, you know, they, they get different tattoos and stuff like that probably as reminders and, and there's different ways to do this. But I and I really loved, I really love the, the, the brand or the messaging behind what you guys are doing. So Again, I'm, I'm fanning out a little bit here, but it's just been really impactful on my side. And, and I, I really want to give the credit yeah, where it's due. Thank you for sharing how you use Loka to find balance in your life. So how did Elements start? It's a great question. So about two and a half years ago, I said, we're Loki. We're a brand about inspiring people to find balance in their life. What other products could we make that deliver on that promise? Uh, without being cheesy and just writing "Find Your Balance" on a T-shirt or a hat, yeah, yeah. Um, and we learned about adaptogens and how, in high enough doses of these powerful plants, uh, there are functional benefits that you can really feel. And so we set out to create four different formulas: an energy, focus, calm, and sleep, which we felt were the four real need states throughout your day to help you find balance in whatever you're doing. And before we even kind of evolved it into a separate company, we said, do these products work? Uh, because I believe at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good your marketing or your sales or your finance team are. If you don't have a great product, it, yeah. won't, it won't last. And so we learned that people loved the functions um, but we really needed to sell the products in beverage and supplement form. And um, we just knew that selling bracelets and selling beverages and supplements were totally different industries. So we separated the two entities. Um, and on the element side, I brought in some experts that uh, have a lot of beverage logistics, distribution, sales experience. And um and then leverage the loci community and team and uh, to, to expand the brand awareness and, and support for our mission. And uh, yeah, that's the, the, that's kind of the, the creation point of elements. And like being, being the, you know, the, obviously the entrepreneur you are and this being off the heels of something that you started uh, at a young age that that has been very successful, and then you, you now you're jumping into another venture. Like, what has been what has been different for you? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, it's a completely different industry, um, and just new challenges, new new learnings. For me, I value a learning and growing the most. Right. Okay. And so I try to throw myself in situations where uh, win or lose, I'll learn a ton. And so I, I never think I'm going to lose. Right. And I always go into things think, believing in myself and believing we're going to win. Um, but, yeah, you learn a lot along the way and uh, managing two companies at the same time and um, just different industries, different uh, struggles and, and things that are difficult and, uh, yeah, growing, growing. Well, I mean, on that topic, the question that comes to mind is just like, how do you fuel your mind with knowledge and content? What's, what, what are some of your, um, routines or, or practices around just, just learning and, and growth and so forth? Uh, throwing, throwing myself in, into the situation, 
and figuring it out along the way. Um, that's, that's how I learn the best is by doing uh, and making the mistakes. And, and and I think, uh, I actually just spoke to a, uh, entrepreneurship class. Uh, and one of the things I said, which I look back on, yeah, I do that a lot. (laughs) I think being indecisive is worse than making the wrong decision. Um, yeah. If you are an entrepreneur, you need to be decisive and make quick decisions and learn fast. And even if you made the wrong decision, you now know and you can make the right decision. Um, yeah. If you're indecisive and you don't make decisions, uh, that I think is the biggest detriment. So, yeah, learning by making decisions, seeing what works, what doesn't work uh, and learning from other people. I really believe in team. Right. For yeah. me, my team is everything. It's the most important thing I view in the success of my companies. And I rely on the experience of the people that I've hired to make important decisions for for us. Sure. So team and what I'm hearing, you know, just movement or, you know, taking steps forward and not getting too hung up on, I guess, like strategizing and planning and, and so forth. It's interesting. There actually, as this episode were released, there's a limited series that's also releasing on this feed uh, with KPMG and their their startup division. And I interviewed a whole bunch of early stage investors. And one of the insights that came out was there was actually some really good research around entrepreneurs that are of the archetype of like hardcore planning, like really trying to you know plan out and, and strategize the company and so forth are actually way uh, less likely to be, this was, this was specifically for venture funding, venture-backed companies, but way less likely to be venture-backed um, or succeed as a company, you know, versus the, the entrepreneurs with that, that makeup of like exactly what you're saying, just being, I, I guess almost like being comfortable in the uncomfortable or being comfortable in uncertainty and just trusting that, movement will will make a you, you know will will bring you to a clear path and just and being, you know uh, and being willing to change yeah totally totally great point it's fascinating stuff it's uh it's the gift that, that that i get just interviewing all you rock stars so amazing um what else is going on what's i guess what's next for you like what what's keeping your mind excited and motivated yeah, you know, I uh, bit off a lot starting a second company. Um, but right now, it's just I'm enjoying the time I'm in. Loci elements being being a father um, and my fitness, uh, which I take uh, as a, I take seriously because I think a misconception on balance is that balance means average. Uh, but I believe mm. that's not the case. I believe balance can make you great in all aspects. And so when I'm the best father and I'm uh, working out the most, that's when I'm also the best leader and kind of all of the buckets fuel each other. And so, yeah, right now it's really for me about saying no to everything else because I know what I have on my plate fills my plate and I need to be focused. Do you have any practices set up for like, any kind of self-reflection or just check-ins just to, you know, just to 
you know, just again, pause like the autopilot of life and work and see, okay, there's, there's a lot going on, obviously, uh, you know, a, a new dad, young boys, two companies. I mean, there's a lot there that can, can spin out of control if you're not pretty dialed in mentally. Yeah. I try to use my calendar religiously. Okay. Blocking off workout times, blocking off family times, um, blocking off times to do strategy work versus meetings. Um, and really living by that because yeah, it, uh, if you don't, if I didn't block out those family times, right. Urgent quote unquote, urgent meetings would pop up sure. and would fill all my time. And, uh, it's really important to prioritize those times that I want to spend, uh, for myself and for my family. And so, uh, that's kind of a little trick that I use to make sure that I'm staying balanced in all the different areas of my life. What about the role of questions in your life? I mean, I saw it, you dropped this one in, in another interview, and I, I'm curious if there's any other questions that have helped guide you in big life decisions or that you use on a frequent basis. And, and the one I'm referring to was, like, what am I going to be proud of when I die? And, you know, that's just, just a powerful pause to give ourselves, right? And to really take a look at the stuff that we're working on. And, you know, for me, at least, like making sure we're not off or we're not trending towards having regrets in, in life and going for it. Are there, are there any other prompts that have been impactful like that for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great one. I think it's, uh, it's easy to get trapped in on the hamster wheel and doing what you're used to doing versus making a leap or a jump to do something else. And also pausing and saying, I thought what I'm doing is what I wanted to do or should be doing, but is it really the case? Uh, And yeah, the faster you move and the more things you try and you learn, the quicker I think you can get to those things that really are powerful for you as an individual and fill your cup and um, are what's important in life. And so I always try to take that view of the, yeah, my last day on earth. If I look back at my life, what am I going to be proud of? What am I going to regret? Um, where am I going to wish I spent more time versus mm. less? And that's how I try to live every day. I'm just writing those down. Those are great questions, especially time. I mean, that's one that, you know, we just can't get back. And that's a good question to just audit what's going on in, in our life. Um, so Steven, there's one thing I wanted to, to, to chat with or finish up with. And, and just, I guess, the role of, of hobbies and, and passions that are completely outside of, of like family and work and so forth. And, and one of those things I know uh, from past interviews and in the research for this, this uh, episode that I think we share in common is, is just nice watches and, and not just like materialistic kind of fancy expensive watch, watches, but like just the craftsmanship that goes behind, you know, beautiful timepiece and the brand and what that represents and, and so forth. My last company, the whole design of our app was all based on uh, Nomos, uh, the German watch manufacturer and, and one specific uh, line and, and whatnot. So I'm just curious, yeah, like... How did you get into watches? Like, what? How does? How do they light you up? This might seem like a, a full like <laughs> pivot from the conversation, but I, I'll bring it back. And if it if it doesn't come back, we can we can edit it out. But oh, good. 
Yeah, no, you know, um, like we were just talking about time is something you can't get back. So I'm very fascinated with time and uh, I think and how you spend your time. And I think that coupled with Lokai, which is a brand that's on your wrist, right? Watches is yeah. another thing that people wear every day on their wrist. Um, and then just like how mechanical they are um, and how they keep such precise time. Those, I think all those things have just made me really like watches and uh, it's a hobby that I've taken on. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm any expert in watches by no means, but uh, enjoy them. Sure. Well, I find that they're just like, again, like the mechanical aspect of, because, you know, kind of full circle to how we started the show. I mean, we're just, you know, we're just surrounded by so much technology all, all the time, which, you know, there, these, there's benefits to that, but it's it's definitely over-indexed and it's nice to look at, you know, just a beautiful watch and know that there's just so many moving pieces in a watch like that and it's all mechanical, you know, what it, for, for the ones that we're talking about that are automatic or wines and stuff like that. Again, like, I guess, yeah, I guess it's just a nice reminder on, on your wrists, uh, a nice one-two punch, I guess you could say, for, for intentions and, and just perspective shifts as you need them. Awesome, man. Well, last question for you. Just, you know, what, what makes you smile each day? Back to the beginning, my kids. They, they, it's true. They, um, the days go by slow. The years go by fast. Um, I think you, you get out what you put in. And so I really prioritize my family and my kids and just being with them every day. And it's nice. I, I am fortunate enough that I can work from home. Uh, and so like when they were younger, they'd bust in the doors and come into the office and just getting to see them every day, all day is incredible. It makes me smile. Yeah. makes me smile as well. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate the, the work you're putting out into this world and, and the products and, and the brand and everything you're giving back. It's, uh, it's really beautiful to see and nice to know that you know some really great humans out there uh, yourself and the whole team that's that's working towards uh, you know the mission and, and finding that balance I mean we need it more than than ever so thank you personally I, I've received tremendous benefit I can't wait to continue my path and and you know expand my collection and see where it goes and a higher thank you for from everyone listening yeah Mark thank you so much for having me 